Thank you and a warm welcome to all of us here. We can take our life as a journey. It is a journey because we begin from point A and reach some point somewhere through the course of the journey. But it's a journey of a different nature. There is of course the outer journey which moves through various events, situations, circumstances, the people we meet, the places we go, the changes of the seasons of a life from childhood, adolescence and adult and so on and so forth. But simultaneously there is also an inner journey in the sense that we, though we are the same person who took birth, we are not the same person who took birth. In the sense there is a perpetual change that is taking place. There is a growth, there is a progress, there is evolution in one word. So this journey, <clears throat> Shobindu tells us, takes place through the course of number of lives. This idea of rebirth is already there in our scriptures and the purpose of rebirth is primarily to help the soul grow to its fullness, to realize its full divine potential. Just like a child who is put in a school, all of you such lovely wonderful, beautiful seedlings. So, uh, we are all in a certain sense seedlings of the divine and we grow through many lives towards our highest possibility. That highest possibility in us is the spiritual fulfillment. We may use different words, that's not so important. But the best, the highest, the noblest, the wisest, the beautifulest, the truest, call it whatever. And that ultimate possibility of perfection is the divine. Because we have come from that and we must become that. But in the course of our journey, bring out many flowers and fruits out of the tree of life. So in this journey, what do we travel on? There is a vehicle which is given to us and that vehicle is the human body. So human body is the vehicle which is given to us for a lifetime and we have to take care of it. There should be regular maintenance. There should not be misuse or overuse. At the same time, this uh, vehicle is subject to, you know, it breaks down at times. It needs repair, etc., etc. Then there is also the, along with the vehicle, every vehicle needs fuel. You can't run without fuel. So the fuel may be, as we know, in olden times, there used to be this rail engines. Rail engines used to run on coal. But this, uh, we don't need coal, we need uh, fuel. So fuel is normally, the fuel which is supplied is petrol or diesel. And here also we see that there are different kinds of fuels. There is pure fuel which is unmixed and there are fuels which, are, which carry a certain amount of mixture. Then there is also the electrical car which runs not on the petrol fuel but another kind of fuel. There is also now, we have, you know, you must have read the news that cars which can run by water, hydrogen cars, they are also coming. There is the CNG cars which are there. So there are different kinds of fuels with which the car can run, meaning thereby with which the body can run. And then along with that, there is the driver. The driver is the mind. So just fuel and um, car is not enough. There should be somebody who must put the ignition and somebody who must drive the vehicle. So the mind is the driver of the vehicle. So where is the soul? It looks like soul has no role because ultimately now the car is complete, picture perfect. Driver is there, the car is there, the fuel is there. But no, 
the driver is a driver not the owner of the car so the driver has to go as per the dictates of the owner now when the owner is a little child and parents sometimes instruct the driver that you take the child here and there the the owner may not know the way but as the owner grows up he says i'll tell you the way and you follow me so the owner is the soul in man which is the actual resident of this car and when the soul is not much developed the driver does his own manmani the mind and when the owner is grown up then it tells the driver where you should take me what route you should take because now the owner is well informed so this is the makes the entire complex of human beings so what is the vital vital is the fuel that we use in the car so why is the fuel important after all cars were running on petrol they you know they obviously can't run on coal because it may uh, burn the whole car Uh, and it's very inconvenient it's i mean the systems could have been devised but it's not possible similarly if you have to fly not just car if you have to turn it into a uh, airplane or a spacecraft you need a very different kind of fuel altogether so there are different categories of fuel and the differences between these fuels is number one there are fuels which pollute the earth and there are fuels which uh you know don't create pollution like when you have electric run cars they carry some dangers but they don't create pollution you have water run cars at the same time they are very efficient with small amount of fuel you can run the car much more so <clears throat> given these things we need to understand our vital which is the source of energy as to what is the source of energy that is pushing our body which the mind must utilize so in this source of energy when we see we see that there are different hierarchies and very simple to understand you don't need to read a book for this all that you need to see is that what is that which drives us what makes us act so there are number of things but to simplify it in indian thought there are four kinds of energies or forces that are available to us four options and in that there are different different categories so these first three forces are given the name of tamasic rajasic satvic i think was there satvic no amar somebody's name i heard and then there is a fourth category which is the most advanced fuel which Uh, can change your car make it capable of even flying in air and interstellar space so that's another kind of fuel but ordinarily at least these three fuels are able, available to us so tamasic fuel is that which is very mechanical energy when we have to do a thing as a drudgery we are not really interested but we have to do it mechanically so it's a like a mechanical impulsion so when the vital is in a very heavy state thick state dense state it just makes us move very mechanically why because we have to move it's like when we are woken up suddenly from deep sleep and we are asked to do something we do it very unwillingly very grudgingly yet we do it because it's the need of the moment we are compelled to do it so that is one kind of fuel and where does this fuel come from we must also know what is it that gives us this kind of fuel lack of interest lack of enthusiasm lack of joy so there is actually a lack 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 deficiency we are running on just that minimum fuel which is available with us or sometimes see these three types of fuel or forces we will get everywhere in creation so for example there are foods which will increase this kind of a tamasic state inside us for example food which is rotten food which is uh, kept in the fridge for a long time you know there are things which increase this kind of a 
tamasic state in uh, in us so the fuel that we derive from these it will give us fuel but it will be of a very low kind it won't be a premium fuel okay so this is one then second kind of fuel is rajas rajasic so like is the name says rajasic so you know it makes us push like an impulse desire when we desire something see we may be in a state of tamas and suddenly a desire enters another kind of fuel it's i want this and see there is suddenly a jump a leap many people um of course all of you are very lovely children but sometimes you know people feel like suddenly eating something and they'll go out of the way even when they are tired they'll go just because they want to eat something nowadays of course there is door delivery swiggies and all have come but you know people used to undertake lot of pain what was driving them similarly people are tired but when they are chatting and all kinds of animated discussion is going on chatting so they draw this energy from this fuel called desire so this impulse impulse is a rajasic fuel but it is like short supplies it it just gives you an immediate push but after some time it wanes away and uh, desire gives us a more sustained momentum but desire is a very primitive fuel and what happens with desire is it throws a lot of smoke this smoke starts choking the engine starts choking the plug point starts choking the carburetor so when a people are run, running on desire they need holidays <laughs> because otherwise they can't run they need to cleanse the car they need to clean the system time to time and there are ways and means to clean it so then uh, there is ambition ambition gives a still greater push like alexander imagine the man from greece rather macedonia macedonia comes all the way to india what drove him ambition so there have been instances where people are driven by ambition and they just do uh, they act and act and act so it's one kind of fuel now you see i am what i am saying is like a hierarchy so there is this lower kind of fuel lowest kind of fuel which is just mechanical energy you receive from food then there is the desire desire pushes us a little more then there is ambition uh, which is uh, still belongs to the crude rain but it can give a real jump start so ambition is like suddenly so you know when people are asked to perform better and you know they are driven by this idea that i must come first in the class and i must outperform everyone it is the fuel called ambition the problem of uh, ambition is Uh, just like desire throws a lot of unwanted smoke it's a very frustrating kind of fuel so ambition it overruns puts the engine on overdrive and the result is that the car gets damaged most people who are extremely ambitious they tend to you know their car reaches a point and then they start having problems so there is in in psychology and medicine Uh, doctors talk about type a personality so people who are driven by a lot of ambition so they start developing heart blockages and all because their body cannot sustain that kind of energy it's not a very healthy energy it makes you achieve in the short term but it is extremely harmful in the long run so the only util- utility of ambition if any is that okay you you know perform during a period of time but if ambition becomes a way of life if people adopt it in work sphere even in home with people with relationships then ambition is a very dangerous thing so this is uh, three types of fuel but even ambition we can change it ambition we can change into the need for excellence and perfection that is very nice because in excellence and perfection we are not being driven in terms of competing with somebody ambition it always makes us want to come first in relation to someone else so it's not a very good fuel because you know you're all the time straining yourself because always there'll be somebody ahead of you 
so you see as a medical practitioner once i met a you know a a heart specialist came to me and told me i have a problem so i asked him what is your problem he said when i am driving the car i suddenly feel like overtaking the car in front of me so i said yeah i understand it's a problem but what is such a big problem he said no when i overtake the car i want to overtake the second car which is in front and the third car and the fourth car so you know what happened is life was very miserable and i'll give you another example there was a person who was very much stressed out and what happens sometimes we tell people that when you are if you are too stressed out take a holiday so this man was a very big man outwardly big and small is a different thing altogether but he was a very accomplished he was an achiever as they say and therefore uh, you know outwardly successful and he developed a lot of you know depression because he was driving his uh, life in this overdrive of ambition so it was the the car was jamming the mind was jamming so if you uh, start driving like that the the gps goes crazy because you know you are the mind doesn't know it it gets lost in the way so uh, he you know people advised him take a holiday take a break go to some resort relax for some time so he went there but after 3 4 days he developed even more severe problem so that's how he had come to me so i asked him what was the problem you were chilling out so what was the difficulty there he said no no i just was chilling out so i thought let's play a game of tennis so he started playing tennis and he started losing now he has gone on a holiday but he is driven by ambition so even in holiday he is thinking that i must outperform this man who he doesn't even know they are both gone to chill so you see it is the same thing like with any game when you play the game for the joy of playing well and when you pay play the game for the sake of winning against the opponent so the moment you bring in this idea that i want to win against an opponent it distorts your game whereas when you play to excel when you play for the joy of playing you see you will play shots which otherwise you will not play because you are always wanting to win you are strategizing you are becoming a bit defensive and uh, the natural game which would normally come you see some of the best players like um, sir gary sobers in in cricket one of the legends don bradman and of course our um, sunil kavaskar i would say and some others you know they played the game for the joy of playing so they've always wanted to play a short shot very well it was not so much that i must score runs i must make my centuries so this way replace ambition with the thirst for excellence for the joy of playing it's a game of life you know his life is a game and you must play well but playing well doesn't mean always that you are going to come first somebody will come first somebody may come first today but maybe overrun see how records are taken over by others so but yes excel well and play joyously but even when we do all this there is some another kind of fuel if it is missing the joy is missing and what is that fuel and that fuel is called love so here we come to the heart so love is the central force do anything without love anything be it meditation be it you know preparing for your exams studying be it playing a game be it you know um, marrying having children uh, or seeking god anything do, bring out love do it as a technique you won't get joy so the original fuel in creation is joy you know that's how it is put that this creation was built why it came into being because it was the delight that wanted to express itself in many many ways 
So it is this delight and the only way, the shortest way to get this delight is uh, love. If love is missing, then delight will be missing. You will be driven. There are you know beings who are driven by tremendous ambition, tremendous desire, but love is missing. So the uh, problem of that kind of life is that while one is working, yet it is not the best fuel which has entered into it. So one is all the time at the same time very stressed. Even when one gets a desire satisfied, one is stressed. You know how? Because you go to a shop, you pick up a nice uh, shirt or a pant or a shoe or whatever. And then you come and then the, it fits desire. Now see the difference. When it's a desire, then you want to make sure that everybody um, appreciates it and it will last long etc. But when you have gone and you have bought something for the joy of it, there is a big difference. Because you love something, it's, it's a difference between liking and loving. Liking is impulse and desire, but loving something it comes from the here, from the heart. So when something comes from the heart and flows out, that is called love. So we should love whatever we are doing. That is a much more refined fuel already given to us. But love itself is of several kinds. One may love oneself very egoistically and selfishly. And one may love this whole creation. See, when one does studies, one may study so that one will become a um, big doctor and earn a lot of money. Right? So what is it? Desire. Same activity. One may study but study for name and fame. When one grows, one will become the you know topmost doctor, will be recognized by others. Then it is ambition. One may study medicine and become a doctor because one loves to heal. One has compassion towards people. Now it's another kind of fuel, the same activity. And it applies to every activity of human life. The same activity is run by different fuels. This, this greater quality of love, harmony, doing things with this eye on beauty, that is the third kind of fuel that becomes sattva. So there is in this sattva not only love but a sense of harmony will come. You want to do things beautifully with perfection. Not in a hurried casual way. Not with the idea that I must just succeed. In which I can, I am ready to elbow out anybody. But one will do the right thing in the right way at the right time in the right place. So that is a, that comes as the mind begins to develop. So there is the heart and there is the mind. And here again we have different kinds of gradations. So these are the fuels available to us. Most of the time we are not even taught how to love. Love can purify and refine everything, every sphere of life. But for that, love itself must first refine itself. Unless love is refined, this capacity to love. You see, I will give an example. As I said, you are doing any activity. Let's say there is a soldier on the battlefield. Uh, we have, um, you know, somebody may fight a battle because one is getting a pay packet. Somebody may fight a battle because one wants to... Uh, is looking for getting promotion. So one promotes oneself so that after that one gets promoted. But somebody can fight the battle because one loves the country. Now there is a world of difference in the quality. Or somebody may fight the battle because one believes it is the right thing to do. Dharma Yuddha. Or somebody may fight the battle dedicating it to the divine because one wants the divine will to express in oneself. Then you have an Arjuna. So you see the whole category. Why is Arjuna great? Arjuna is like Karna in his skills. He is inferior to Bhishma in terms of his probably, you know, certain capacity. 
his guru drone is there who obviously must be knowing a couple of skills uh, up his sleeve but why is arjuna great why is abhimanyu great because they didn't fight for anything personal arjuna didn't want to fight for anything personal he fights because sri krishna tells him that this is a war which is not about you it's not about even your kingdom not about your brothers but it is a war which will decide the fate of a nation so when arjuna fights charged by sri krishna what is the fuel that he had put into arjuna that fuel was this power of something greater beyond these three fuels uh, this tamas rajas and sattva there is the spiritual energy pure spiritual energy and it can change us from just a human being to a instrument of god a channel of god so these are the fuels available with us what made abhimanyu great see abhimanyu died at a young age and he lost in the battle outwardly if you see because he died he was killed by uh, all those people yet abhimanyu is great when you think about a warrior you think about abhimanyu because there was none like abhimanyu in valor and courage there was none like abhimanyu in the sense of self sacrifice he knew that he is fighting for something right and even when he surrounded he could continue fighting with a smile on his lips now this is this capacity comes from something still deeper within us this comes either because we have touched what um, you were mentioning about psychic being so what really is the psychic fuel psychic being can move us what is the psychic fuel psychic fuel operates only it's the drive the fuel given by the psychic energy in us is that which always takes us towards truth good beauty and the divine so it is the fuel which will never mislead us it is the kind of pure divine energy and behind it of course there is the being but that is a different thing but the psychic energy the moment it enters the mind the mother speaks about it in uh, you know on education when people used to come to ashram they were given a small little pamphlet it was an advice to newcomers you can read it in mother's volume 12 i think it is page 47 an advice to newcomers and since when people come here in the beginning they come here driven by this psychic impulse why because they are moved by this idea that there is the divine and therefore what is its effect see the effect of that psychic energy psychic is not just energy but it also it is the one which is the master the owner of the car so when it puts forth its own power its own energy all the other energies are derivative but it is the original divine energy given to us so it gives health and fitness to the body automatically it makes the body healthy it gives its fitness it builds a kind of state of harmony within the body automatically it gives to the vital and you know the life impulses uh, which are there in us it gives them calmness it gives them love it gives them sense of beauty joy because that psychic energy is touching us and to the mind it gives goodwill broadness wideness so when it drives um, the body and um, our life then things begin to change then automatically life becomes harmonious it becomes beautiful so it is so important to bring all our energies under the influence of this master master controller is the soul within us now yes finding the soul may be a difficult thing but at least it is easy to understand that there is in us something like a search for truth so when we act we must see that my action uh, 
is it impelled by truthfulness honesty or is it something which is dishonest which is which is likely to create more confusion and falsehood in the world so how to know it very simple test anything you are going to do just know that the divine is watching us that's all that is required not no outer rules regulations just live with this idea that god is watching me so not watching like a big brother or not watching like somebody to scold us he doesn't do that ha huh? god is extremely kind compassionate benign benevolent but he yes he may just correct us give us the right direction so just do an action whatever one is going to do just think that there is god who is present and he is watching over us and maybe you can look inwardly that help me so even when you are being driven by the energy of ambition he will enter into it and start changing it why because his presence itself is like that so um, then you will automatically get an indication whether this is the true thing to do then good the second aspect of the psychic is good that whatever i am going to do is it going to bring good to the world to people to humanity and of course when everybody uh, is lifted up to goodness i am included in it that's why one of the best prayers i am sure all of you know uh, which we have in the upanishads is sarve bhavantu sukhina sarve santu niramaya where the rishi is praying that may all be happy may all be free from diseases so i am included in that so this idea of doing things for the sake of goodness so that we spread goodness very simple in the morning when we wake up we can just send a thought of goodness we can just speak to people and when we say good morning so that good must be stressed with that heart it must flow from the heart see we can just say good morning good morning ma'am good morning sir good morning good morning dude no when we do it from the heart good morning so that carries a beauty a joy it's like we are passing on a very rare kind of fuel to another and that will run is uh, you know is a fuel the more you give it the more it increases so you can get these from different sources then uh, the third is that truth good and beauty that when we are going to do something we must have an eye on beauty beauty the sense of beauty creates tremendous refinement any action be it the smallest action that's why i see in india um, there was all this stress on uh, not only on thought vichar but also aacharan aachar so we can do things very in a very casual way hi we can shake our hands like that yeah now when you say hi you don't know whether the person is welcoming me or actually throwing me out okay words spoken under uh, stress of all kinds of things but when we do something even in speech it's one of the simplest modes of refining us thoughts so when there is this eye on beauty how do i express even sometimes you may be annoyed with somebody how do you express that annoyance so of course lucknow is known for uh, all the tehzeeb and you know how people are supposed to be uh, respectful to each other so you can express difference in a nice way you can be even firm you can be with your point that no i believe this is true i believe this is the right thing to do and i should do it but another way of expressing difference is i can't imitate it but you know people get angry they get very violent they get aggressive 
There is no need to do that. So, beauty in speech, express beauty. In actions, express beauty. The same thing, exactly the same thing. Even something like bending and picking up, something has fallen down on, on the floor. This beauty refines us. And if you put it as an add-on, you know, like in premium fuel, you add that little thing which makes it uh, super fuel. So you bring in this element of beauty. Now, how to cultivate beauty, which is the best way to refine? So there are three specific doors. Of course, one can do it in everyday life. Every action, as I said, from the way one eats. And it should not be done as a mechanical discipline. Then it loses its meaning. Make eating an art. Make speaking an art. Make walking an art. Mother would say, one, see how she would uh, look at all these little things so minutely. That why Indian women at some point of time had such nice figures. Because you know, they were, they were, they were not doing all this gym and all. But they were carrying pots on the head. <laughs> so, so because they walked with it, it automatically gave their figure a kind of balance and harmony. So this was because, uh, you know, it was inbuilt within the culture. So every action that we do must be beautiful and graceful. Bringing glass of water and we can drink it like as if we are in a hurry. Uh, take a minute pause and drink it. Uh, let it not be just gulping down something, but slowly, patiently. Make it an art. Make life an art. So art Music, poetry are the three doors of refinement of the vital. So as I said, art is not just about painting or sculpture or architecture. Yes, they are art. But art is a way of life in everything. Every gesture should be beautiful. Wherever you have the sense of beauty, life becomes an art. And certain things which help in this process are of course... Just arranging flowers, looking at flowers, how they bloom. Look at nature. There's a master artist. Every morning when you look at the sunrise, it's something so beautiful to watch. Every day God changes the screen <laughs> screensaver. <laughs> it's not even a screensaver because it's changing all the time, the landscape. And yet it's so beautiful. So art is not just about painting and uh, well, that's a specialized way to do it. Embroidery and... Yes, one must learn that pottery, these are ways, specialized ways. But make life an art. So art, then music. So music, again, one can learn music and that music refines us. But music, again, is a way of life. How do we speak? A speech can become a song. When we speak, some people speak, looks like they are firing machine gun bullets. Isn't it? And when some people speak, speak, it's like a stream flowing through their mouth. When some people speak, it's like cascades of light. When some people speak, it creates healing, sweetness. Just the word. They were physicians all the time. They were like these musicians. When they would touch the body, check the pulse and they'll say, You'll be fine. And there are others who say, Dekhna padega, let us see, maybe it is a serious disease. See the difference? To turn life into music, turn it into a song. It's a joyous song. It is our own desire, ambition. This has created life what it has become today. All the time stress, all the time as if I have to achieve something, achieve something. 
It's a song of the soul. Turn it into a song of the soul. What is the song of the soul? It's journeying from this body and rising towards the divine. Like the smoke of the incense. Perfumed smoke. Life should be like that. Turn it into a song. Turn it into an art. Turn speech into a music. Even actions can be musical, rhythmical. There was a movie. I don't know whether you have watched it or not. Jankar Beats. Where people are communicating in a musical way. Just imagine when people are fighting and one says, I am very angry with you. See the same thing in a musical way and see, I am very angry with you. Now you see, will your, how long will your anger last and how long will the other person's anger last? Just this smile when we have in our, in everyday dealing, it turns life into a beautiful music. So art, music and poetry. Turn life into a poetry. But again, we have specialized way. Read poetry, write poetry, it refines. So all these, we have the specialized methods. As I said, art, you have all these uh, artistic things which helps us to refine us. Music, learning some music, whether it be best is vocal, but uh, if not, then different instruments, it helps. And then, of course, um, uh, poetry. So one reads poetry, listens to poetry. Why? Poetry helps. It brings rhythm into the whole system. Poetry is a way to reset our rhythms. So how to reset our rhythm? You see, I don't know now, but olden time these scooters used to be there and sometimes they would go out of rhythm. So it used to create a problem. So we used to take it to the mechanic and mechanical will say, uh, thoda iska tuning karna hai. So our bodies have got very much out-tuned to tune it. So how to turn it into poetry? Life turn it into a poetry. Poetry has a certain meter. There is a certain rhythm. So is our life running by certain rhythm or is it out of rhythm? So what is the rhythm of life? When you wake up in the morning at a certain time and you sleep at a certain time, it's a rhythm. It's not just discipline. It's respecting the rhythm of life. But if one wakes up at 11, it's out of rhythm. Why? Because it's like in an orchestra where there are 100 people performing and I am just out of the way. Now what happens in the morning? The whole creation is in the mode of waking up mode. So there is a rhythm in it. The birds are chirping, the skies, the colors are, you know, they are drawing our eyes, they are drawing our ears. Every sense is being woken up. So that, you know, we can get into that. Even inside the body, there are hormones which are released and these hormones are very helpful to make us wake. They are called waking up hormones. So these sleep and waking up hormones are uh, morning, uh, night around 10, 30, 11, the sleep hormone starts and by 5.36, the waking up hormones. Actually, by 5, 5.30, but okay, uh, 6, 6 by 6. Basically, we can take it that night around 10.30 and then when you wake up with sunrise, it's a perfect way to sleep. Why? Because our life is in poetry mode. So, poetry mode is to make life a poetry. And then, along with that, there is another kind of poetry which is available to us. And you know, that poetry is called mantra. So, mantra is the highest form that poetry can take. It is the highest possibility of human speech. And it must be recited with joy. 
It's poetry. It's not that we are just now doing Gayatri Mantra, Om Bhur Bhuva Swatat Savitur Varinyam, Bhargo Devasya Dhimahi, Dhyo Yona Prachodhyat, or Shurbindu's Gayatri. That's not how a mantra is. It's a song, like a rhythm. It has a rhythm. Same like Savitri, which is the mantra of mantras. Because it contains within it the highest rhythms. So just imagine, at the head she stands of birth and toil and fate. In their slow rounds, the cycles turn to her call. Alone, her hands can change time's dragon base. Hers is the mystery the night conceals. These spirits, alchemist energy is hers. See, here the word is alchemist energy. Highest fuel. This is the energy of transformation. These spirits, alchemist, energy is hers. She is the force, the golden bridge, the word, all these descriptions that follow. So when we start living with that sense of poetry, for which it is good to read poetry, and the best is to read few lines from Savitri, read it with joy and love. Everything done with joy and love gets into rhythm. Anything done without this, one loses the rhythm. People often ask, Oh, Savitri ka rhythm kya hai? How to get the rhythm? Of course, mother has, you can hear mother's recitation, it's something amazing. How she reads with that slow cadence, but powerful cadence, all this so beautifully. But the other way is, and the other way, not but, it's not either or. Read it with joy, it will come. It was the hour before the gods awake. Now read the same line. It was the hour before the gods awake. The huge foreboding mind of night alone. Across the path of the divine event. The huge foreboding mind of night alone. In our unlit temple of eternity. Not like that. Read it this way. It was the hour before the gods awake. Across the path of the divine event. The huge foreboding mind of night alone in her unlit temple of eternity lay stressed immobile across silence, march. See the effect? One doesn't have to do anything. It's such a calming effect. So put life in a rhythm. Make it a poetry. One is that, okay, we read something. One is to Make it, you know, there was a uh, very nice um, little story where there were people who were, you know, doing a prayer and, you know, it was like a performance. They were doing prayer and it was very nice to hear all that. Nice, no? When you hear some nice prayer. So, there was a master along with some of his disciples. So, the deci- when the prayer session was over, then they asked, Master, now what we have to do? You know, children, <laughs> one is over. What we have to do? So the master joined his hands, lifted it up and said, Make your life a prayer. Make your life a prayer. How does it become a prayer? What does prayer do? Prayer rises upward. Desires go downward. The typical example of desire is the vulture bird. It's a bird. It can fly in the sky, but it's all the time looking for a piece of meat. Ambition and desires make us plunge downward. 
Whereas prayer makes us uplift. Prayer is like swan. Going across huge spaces. Right to Mansarovar, the lake. That's how it is said, you know, Himalayan peaks. So make life climb like this. Why swans can fly? Prayers can carry our life on wings which are stupendous. So turn life into prayer. Whatever we are doing, be it studies, games. Why? Because through prayer we connect to the ultimate energy, ultimate power in this world. It's not just power and energy. He is a being. But first we come in contact with the power and energy before we meet him. So this power and energy which connects us to the supreme power and energy, this mediating link is prayer. Prayer, aspiration. Make it a way of life. Make everything a prayer. Prayer is not a book prayer. It's not a standard format. God, you know, is like a child. He doesn't like too much of, you know, uh, mechanical things. So it's not about this prayer, a religious prayer, that prayer we have read. No. It's a prayer that connects us to God. Very simply you are going to play. You can tell. I am going to play this game. Be with me. That's it. Or you can even say, I am going to play this game. Make me do my very best. Or you can say, I am going to play this game. I want to win. But see what you think best. Let that happen. Maybe you will win, maybe you will not win. That's not relevant. But you have connected yourself to the transmuting energy. So there is the refinement and then there is the transmutation. The fuel changes and if you connect to the spiritual energy, which is the highest source, then nothing else is required. The body, mind, thoughts, feelings, everything is driven by that ultimate source, which is the purest form, Gango, Gomuk. That is the purest form of the same energy. Ultimately, all power comes from there. But that is its origin. Origin is even beyond Gomuk, in Shivki, Jata and further up. So that's where we come in contact with the purest form of energy. Here in the world, it gets very much diluted and mixed up and distorted. And while we are at it, one thing we must remember, and it is this, that we are surrounded by a sea of vibration and energies all around. We may not recognize it, but even if you see your body, what makes you feel that this is the limit of the body? After all, there are atoms. How are these atoms held here? Are they stuck to glue or just by force? The same atoms which are held in the body are also all the time they are radiating into this world. So, people who can map the aura, they know it. There is a whole photography called Kirlian photography where people could read the study the aura of a person. And we can nowadays study the energy field. There is an energy field around everybody depending upon what kind of fuel you are using. So you know like a uh, lot of uh, smoke coming out of vehicles, sound coming out of vehicles. If it is going very fast, it is disturbing the whole air around. So it is an energy field. Whereas there are vehicles which will go very smoothly. There is no sound. There is no beep of horns which people have this obnoxious habit of doing. There is no uh, you know, um, emission which will pollute. So there is a sea of energy around us. And this energy is of all kinds. All the time it is entering us, impacting us. And all the time we are releasing energy into this world. 
So we should be very careful the people whom we meet. So be careful of um, you know the friends and so-called friends, people we interact with. Now this is not to say you should not be friendly. One should be friendly with everybody. Have goodwill, be friendly. But not everybody we can start mingling closely. Should be careful. It's like during Corona, people were avoiding those who had an infection. Why? Because it's a contagion. So also when we mix up very freely, and mixing up is not just physical mixing up, even on WhatsApp, let's chat. Everybody sending a smiley, sending a heart, sending this, that, all kinds of things. So what is happening? There is an energy exchange going on. Every WhatsApp message we exchange is an energy exchange. Every conversation is an energy exchange. Right now there is an energy exchange taking place between all of us, amongst all of us. Even when you may not be speaking anything, yet all the thoughts, feelings generated inside are creating an energy field through the Akash. Akash Marg. And it is impacting everybody, not only all of us, but this whole world. So that was the idea of Yagna. This is not a retreat. It is a Yagna. And in which we have such lovely, beautiful children as priests. No, in old times there used to be these little Bal Gopales priests. So all of you are priests right now. Because your thoughts and energies are going to impact this world. Unknowingly, unwittingly. Unfortunately, there are a lot of energies which are very harmful to us. And the world is full of that kind of thing. So be careful. Just that's all. Be careful. And who are these people whom you have to be little careful because the energies they throw are very dangerous. People who are especially very bad with their tongue. Either they are abusive or they are using all kinds of words, unspeakable words through their mouth because mouth is an organ through which you throw energy very openly. So the moment this, you know, there are people who may be looking good, smart, everything. But the moment they speak, you can see there is venom. So people who are prone to anger, people who are prone to abusiveness, their speech, etc. Be careful, avoid their company if you can. And why not? Even if they are in the house, one can always stay a little away. Keep yourself inside, connect with God. There is a best friend. Bestest best friend is, make God your friend. Some people say, but we need friends. Yes, you need friends. You should have friends. There is nothing against friends. But choose your friends. It's not like by default friends. Everybody becomes a friend just because he's in the colony, just because he's in my class, just because he's playing with me. Play, be in the class, be in colony. But friend is a very special term. Person with whom you start sharing some portion of your life. With whom you are interchanging something of your life. Otherwise, goodwill for everybody. That relation should be there with everyone. So, just like you don't make a snake a pet, you make a good dog a pet. Similarly, we must choose our friends. And at the same time, lest there be any deficiency, always we should make God our friend. By saying that, make God our bestest friend is, never be alone, always talk to God. Tell Him all that is happening. Just like you would share with a friend. You can share like this. You know God, call him by any name. Oh, today this happened, you know. You know what happened? This was happening in my life. So, 
before you sleep just tell him everything or write in a diary one of the best ways incidentally one of the very simple ways of refining is writing in a diary and in a calligraphic way write a letter to god every day small little letter doesn't have to be much write it in a calligraphy nice beautiful way so what happens when you do calligraphy you have art in it when you write to god expressing yourself then you have in it a kind of music and poetry and when you do that and connect with god you are connecting all this to the transmuting energy write it in there may be nothing much just write dear god how do i'm good thank you that's it connect yourself to that highest form of energy and by doing that it refines purifies and eventually transmutes us so i think this is the broad landscape overview play lot of games games may not refine us but they throw away lot of negative energy they also refine us in a way through games and sports we learn a lot of things courage sharing with each other then learning if we lose success and failure are part of life instead of ambition we learn actually that to play well life is a game to be played well also it throws away lot of energies of anger and all in a good channel so pick up a sport of your choice and just play it for the joy of playing it it could be table tennis lawn tennis football cricket anything which you enjoy badminton racket games are very good incidentally so pick up a game of your choice and play that's another way of not directly but indirectly refining our being lot of energies that have accumulated goes out and of course um, simple things like breath exercises just observing your breath taking deep breaths to throw out an extra energy which is harmful so when you take in a deep breath you you can imagine that i am inhaling all the beautiful things and when you throw out that i am releasing all that is toxic in my system and similarly asanas why how does asana help when you do these stretching exercises it opens up certain knots in the body to receive energies of a beautiful kind otherwise the body has many knots it develops over a period of time and in these knots some kind of negative energies accumulate so they must be released out of the body so games sports asanas deep breathing are simple ways to release them prayer meditation to connect us to that source of energy which can transmute it every day sitting quietly before any action is it true is it beautiful is it good all these are ways by which we can refine and transmute our life our vital our mind they are interconnected it's not like vital is disengaged from thought thought and feelings are and will they are all joined together there are three activities different activities but they are also interconnected one can't refine the feelings if thoughts are turbid so thoughts also should be beautiful how to make thoughts beautiful by reading things which are beautiful so that our mind is filled with beautiful thoughts there are writings which fill us with beautiful thoughts and thoughts are like packets of energy so when we read these things these the energy is released and it enters our feelings it enters our will it helps us refine and purify so thoughts so important 
and of course will why am i doing whatever i am doing so be very conscious of that so when we lead a life like that and the whole package it's a whole package turn it into a beautiful song of the soul turn life into an artistry turn it into a poetry turn it into a game well played winning or losing is not the issue life is a game play it well play it with joy most importantly play it with love okay i'll stop here if there are questions we can take we have half an hour with us from ni ma'am um, alok ji had said that he would uh, leave at 5 after that we have our internal discussion with the students the students want to reflect or anything after 5 till 5 we have half an hour and we can do uh, put forth any questions to alok ji see question in the chat box children anybody who would like to ask anything do you wish to put it in the chat box anyone surprising ji children in the morning uh, sister shivani spoke about thoughts and the thoughts you create all right and uh, alok ji has reiterated the same thing he's also spoken about thoughts and how they create energy and how they can refine your vital the questions can be on any subject any area they would like to ask it could be it's not like only this topic but anything they want to ask the last four days you've gone through a lot of uh, speakers you've heard a lot of speakers yeah so if there are any accumulated questions or accumulated question please go ahead and ask students so you talked about energies um, alok ji you said there are tamasic energies rajasic energies satvic energies and then there is the psychic energy yes spiritual and psychic yes now we can punch it together as one right Would you like to bifurcate yes. the psychic energy and the spiritual energy also yes so i had uh, mentioned it without using the names so psychic energy is that which comes from the heart and it is from the depths of the heart not just the surface emotions and it is what inspires us towards truth beauty and good and of course towards the divine but even without that it acts moving us towards truth beauty and good and the sense of divinity in things which need not be always like a uh, divine in the religious sense Uh, there are people who may be religious but uh, they may not have that psychic thing like uh, ravana who was very religious man but extremely egoistic and ambitious so uh, like a selfless deed is a psychic uh, impulse can make us do that and then there are energies which come from higher domains of consciousness that's what is spiritual so there are energies which our human system is not yet used to we are not yet able to access them uh because we stay confined in this container and whatever nature makes us do mechanically we do it but through prayer through aspiration uh, by turning towards god through the mantra in fact as i said so we can access these higher domains of energy which we can say are you know beyond the present uh, rajotamo satvik gunas at least uh, some of these spiritual domains are 
high upon sattva which creates happiness sukham which creates a sense of contentment peace atma prasad so they take us so high that beyond it just one step and we can access the pure spiritual energy so uh, through prayer meditation and aspiration by connecting to god even i'm saying write a diary it's both psychic and spiritual uh, psychic because who will write a spontaneous prayer the psychic part in us and god the spiritual element so psychic is the wire that connects our being to god so that's why to bring it out and use it to connect ourselves to the best highest purest perfectest beautifulest truest that is the goal of human life and that should be the path we should follow saranj uh, do you wish to ask something so like you said that the psychic is uh, able to is like the connect to the wire that connects us to the spiritual yes so in that uh, mantra yes. om agni mide uh, the psychic, yes. the agni is called hotaram the one who called yes the, one, the, the priest you can call saram is one yes call. that's right so okay saram Absolutely. Yes, 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 Saranj. Yeah. So, sir, I had a question that you talked about one of the highest fuel. Highest fuel is love. So, you told it originates from the heart. So, sir, can you uh, elaborate upon heart? It would certainly not be the physical heart. What uh, can you elaborate upon heart? Yes. yes very good question so uh, this human body is like an instrument and in this instrument you have different organs which are created to receive and transmit energy so body is just an instrument so um, brain has been created to receive and transmit thoughts uh, voice box has been created to modulate and uh, you know release thoughts so it's like an entire energy system if you can look at it so uh, science um, biological science studies the instrument it doesn't understand the force uh, for example i i mean this is a background which is needed for example uh, you know you speak about um, um, how when we eat how does it give us energy so you'll read all the processes that you know it is uh, there are enzymes which act it changes into simple you know carbohydrate protein and lipids ultimately whatever you eat then it is further converted lipid gets stored uh, proteins are sent to muscles to build muscles and uh, carbohydrate go to the cells especially brain cells and to provide energy how does it provide energy so it gets converted into atp in the where is stored in the mitochondria still it doesn't tell us how what is that what is meant by energy how does the mitochondria come to know this to be done and from there it starts doing it what is the nature of that energy so science understands the entire instrumentation in detail but it misses that play of energy which is behind and of course consciousness so heart is the seat of emotions and even the physical heart is an instrument have you noticed which part gets affected straight away by emotions see when one is afraid when one is anxious when one is angry what happens to the pulse rate it goes up because immediately the heart gets affected similarly when one is happy in a state of joy and when one is in a state of deep sense of love love itself can be at two levels one is surface love 
Surface love is nothing but a kind of desire which is expressing itself in this way. It's not really love. It is the energy of desire which has taken the chadma vesh of love. It is attraction, various things. So there again you will see, heart starts racing up, gets excited. But there is a deeper love which is calm, strong, beautiful. So, heart is very susceptible to emotions. That's why people who are driven by ambition, they start getting blocked arteries. Not that everybody getting blocked artery is an ambitious person. There are many reasons. Heredity is one of them. But it is known that ambition-driven life can lead to blockages in the heart. So, heart is an organ which takes the impact of the emotional energies which are circulating around the world. Similarly, go down all the organs of digestion and kidneys and all these things. These are organs which respond to still lower forces. Desire, see the food organ, where is it situated? Directly connected with desire, with greed. Still further down, fear and lust and all these things. So, in the human body itself, there is a whole hierarchy. Along with the organs have been built by nature to receive and transmit. So, there is a direct receiving and transmission of energy from the entire world around us. But we don't know it because we, get, uh, we become conscious only when it has entered into our brain and taken the form of thought. But somebody who develops can get to know that, oh, it is coming. It's like, you know, you can know somebody knocking at the door. And if, you know, you, have, you are vigilant, maybe, you know, you can see somebody is coming from the road. So, but most of us will get conscious only when it enters the house. So we become aware of thought when it enters the brain. We become aware of a feeling, intense feeling when our heart begins to raise a pound. So heart is an organ which responds to these energies of love and emotions in general. Love among the emotions is the highest and the most beautiful uh, energy of all the emotions. And in its Origin, because ultimately, you know, emotions are uh, not just the salt of existence. Emotions are the one which make life beautiful and joyous. Otherwise, we have Alexa and uh, AI. What is missing in AI and Alexa? Alexa listens, a smart tool, intelligent. She will even advise you. You can make a smart robot. What you cannot put in a robo is love, the energy of love. So this is the seat of dynamism, of all dynamism. And in that energy which drives us, it's also the center in the whole human being. So while brain is the center of thought, heart is the center of love. And love itself can be very crude. As I said, in the surface, it is mixed with desires, possession, spirit of possession, jealousy, uh, all these things can come in love. Domination, which is not love, but something very distorted. But true love is when you want to give. So purify the energy of love. Remove from it all the muck of, you know, uh, jealousies and hatred. And then you will get that purified energy. It may be only this much out of a lot of things we call love. But that much is powerful. It's like, Taking out a grain of wheat from all the dhan and uh, you know husk and all that around it. But it is that grain of wheat which is precious. Or taking out gold from a gold mine where it is mixed with uh, dust. So purify and take out that pure gold. Now that pure gold has value. So there is love which in human nature is mixed with hatred, jealousies, 
attachments, affections. Affection is still okay. But all kinds of things, will to dominate, possess, uh, even insecure feelings, fears. Uh, so all this is mixture. When you remove all this, then you get the pure love, which is of the nature of giving oneself and connecting by giving. It's a most beautiful, unselfish movement. You can see it in animals sometimes. But with human beings, because all these things come in and, uh, you know, it distorts it. So, take out that beautiful energy of love by removing all these distortions, by removing all these uh, perversions. But yes, physical heart is only an instrument for it. But when I am saying heart, yes, the psychological heart. Absolutely. So, so sir, you talked about that the love in its truest form is uh, utter, uh, we can say, calmness. It's not... So, sir, then also it is related with the physical heart because then our heart will yes. not beat yes. much in the love in its truest form, divine love. Then also it has relation with the physical heart. Absolutely. It has a very calming effect. If you truly love somebody from the depths of the heart, it is so fulfilling. And so calming. In fact, one can almost know that what kind of love energy is there. And it has a relation to the heart. You see, people who suffer a lot from depression, even from, you know, all kinds of diseases which come as a result of depression, are suffering from lack of this vitamin. I call it vitamin L. Lot of pseudo fake products in the name of vitamin L are being dished out. But this true love, it has a very calming effect. That's why divine love it calms us. It's, it doesn't throw us out of gear. It doesn't throw us into a state of, you know, crying and tearful and jumping, dancing, all that. That is not. That is a tremendous mixture of passions and all kinds of things. But divine love, when it acts, it's like a supreme assurance. Imagine divine standing by your side and saying that, I love you, my child. You know, after that, there will be no fear, no apprehension of any kind. Now, the same divine need not stand by your side. He is inside the heart. And from there this energy flows. The moment it enters into the human system in its purest form and if it, if it is not mixed, it gets mixed very badly. If it is not mixed, then it will calm us, it will make us happy, naturally happy, the deeper happiness which doesn't throw us out of gear, and not an excitement and it will bring harmony, it will bring beauty. Love always is accompanied by harmony. And beauty and joy. These are the three sisters which come along with love. So if these are not experienced, then there is something amiss. It brings beauty. It brings harmony, most important. So not only is, the, is there a calming effect of the heart, but the heart beats become rhythmic. One can actually know it, holding the pulse. That whether it's the true love which is acting within or a kind of you know imitation or something else. Just a follow-up question, sir. Uh, in Gita, yes. Lord says that Sarvasya Chaham Ridisan Nivishtam Sabke Hridaya Mishtatni. So that, that yes. heart is also physical or that psychological? Psychological. He is referring again to the psychological heart or the spiritual heart you want to put it. The heart region. So deep inside the physical heart is only its outer expression. So if you see again the instrument, heart is an instrument. You see the relation. Brain is the hub of the central nervous system. It's called the central nervous system. So if you have to become aware of anything, you need the brain. 
but heart is the one which throws the energy through blood all over so the dynamic impulsion comes from the heart and awareness comes through the brain so the heart is meant to provide the dynamic impulsion to the whole creation the physical heart physical heart is a symbol of something much deeper which is beyond the physical it's in another dimension as you rightly said we may use the word psychological because in the truest sense psychological means psychic which refers to the soul so he resides in the psychological center and actually heart is even the physical center incidentally if you draw a triangle stretch out the hands and draw a triangle here there is a neutral point that is how ecgs are taken it's very interesting it's called einthoven's triangle so this is where the divine resides not in the physical heart but in the deeper psychological heart in the subtle body we have not just one vehicle we have five vehicles side it is said there is the physical body with the physical nervous system etc there is the psychological body behind this which is the vital and the mental body and there is a yet greater spiritual and bliss body which is yet to find instrument to express it is building instrument so that human body can express them but there is behind this physical body an inner body and in that inner body made of inner substance it is a body it is not like just a conception or some kind of just an energy field it's actually a body it is built by its own substance and in that subtle body the divine resides sir can we allocate pieces also to that subtle body yes yes absolutely so that's why uh, you see in in yoga that's why you are asked to concentrate in the heart or to concentrate in the head why not concentrate in the belly again you know when we say i automatically our hands go to the heart we don't say i we don't put a hand on the belly and say i we don't put on the muscles and say i you know it will be so absurd why because intuitively we know that there is a allocation of space in space and time when the divine descends in he takes the place in the core of everything in the human being the core is here in this physical space where there is also the anatomical heart so in everything the divine is in the core and core is the center so again the center of the entire human body is where the heart is co-located it's the anatomical organ slightly displaced to the left but that's a different um, story but it is here that you will find that the divine is located that's why when we concentrate in the heart on the divine presence it's much easier to find him than through the forehead here also again so there are centers where you can feel the divine energy much e- more easily there are access routes channels to enter the subtle body so they are called centers of consciousness or you know centers on which one has to concentrate one can concentrate even outside the head for it above the head so they are all centers through which it is easy to access the divine and one of them is the heart rather the core is the heart so do you mean when you go say centers do you mean the chakras yes they are the chakras so literally it is center i mean center is the english word but basically it is chakras so chakras is what the universal energy takes the uh, knot and through it it enters into the individual system there is nothing like individual energy we are only uh, you know containers energy moves in and flows out and it's not a rigid heart container so there is the center in the heart or the chakra the heart chakra so behind it there is the direct presence of the divine not that the heart center is the divine 
But that is the door through which one can directly enter the divine sanctuary. One can also go through the head. One can. For your question, answer. Ma'am, partially, sir, answered it. I was asking about some ambition thing. So, yeah, so ambition, ambition is located here, around the naval area. So you must have seen that many people who are very ambitious also develop a big belly. It's not just about lack of exercise. Okay, so there, there is also this aspect. Everything gets accumulated here. So you will see in middle age when people are, you know. So ambition, the uh, roots of ambition are through this center. There are seven centers. As the mother would say, 12th center. But traditionally, the seven centers are there. So you have the lowest center, the Muladhar, which is a center where all these physical energies and certain energies of reproduction, they are there, rooted there. It's called the Mool, the root. That's where the divine energy also resides in the body, but completely lost. So in Kundalini Yoga, there is the awakening from there. That's why she's called Shailabala. She's born in rock, mountain. So that's where the divine energy has lost itself in the muladhar, its root, base. So body is a base, and then it, you know, uh, moves upward and upward. Manipuri, Swadhisthan, Anahat. There are names for that: Vishuddha Chakra, Agya Chakra, and uh, you know, the Sahasrar. So it moves through that whole process. In India, during Durga Puja, uh, you will see that you know um, these seven days and. Sometimes the nine days followed on the tenth day. They are nothing but the movement of. They try to tell us through the story, the movement of this divine energy from the base right up to the spine. That's an occult knowledge, and it's a specialized process. One should not try it, but that's how the human system is made. There's the universal, and it, and the same energies move us. The lion, the deer, in the atom, they're not two energies. There is one power. But this sense that it is mine, how does it enter? It knots itself, creates a knot of energy through which enters. It's like the same water uh, through a dam enters through you know canals and channels into different places. It's the same water. So the same thing happens. This universal energy uh, enters into us through all these channels, and then when it enters, it enters into those. Uh, organs and the micro processes of the human system atp mitochondria uh, breath everywhere and starts irradiating and activating these organs this is a constant ongoing process and sometimes these centers get blocked either because we have not used them misused them or we have exhausted them sometimes it throws excess energy some centers like with ambition the lower energies will get very actively into the system while the higher energies get blocked so that leads to imbalances diseases of various kinds that's a whole science of uh, health uh, and living which you know so naturally in the body there are five types of this prana which have been explained prana or the vital energy so there are two lower we have used more psychological terms to connect easily but they are called panch prana there are two lower these go into feeding our ambition desire and the physical needs Too lower. There are two upper movements of the prana, which is those high, beautiful emotions and the thought, which turns towards spiritual heights. And there is a balancing prana, the samana. So the samana, the balancing prana, comes from this deeper psychic center. So is the same thing 
spoken in different ways in different traditions. So the same energy which feeds thought is also the energy which feeds ambition. So if one leads a life of ambition, then the same energy has been diverted into this kind of use. The fund is from the same place. You can uh, buy the Gita from the money that one has or one can buy a very cheap literature from the same money. So it is like the energy which we use, misuse, turn it to its right purposes. When we turn it to right purposes, it increases. Obviously because its origin ultimately is divine. So when we turn it towards the divine, it comes from divine when we turn it to the divine. Through prayer, meditation, yoga, aspiration, offering, remembrance, use whatever means. Then this energy starts connecting with the divine and it becomes a complete wholeness. But when we turn it to misuse, it's like pocket money has been given uh, for uh, something else, but it is being used for some other purposes, uh, you know, for gambling and other things. So when we misuse this energy, then after some time, because the body was not meant for this, this energy starts getting blocked more and more. And therefore we develop all kinds of problems and issues in life. So that is the movement of the prana, entries through the chakras, and fivefold prana. Below is the material, even speech, and above is the mind. And beyond mind is also fed by the same pranic energy. And beyond the mind is the spiritual. So this energy that enters into the system, turn everything toward the divine. How to turn by aspiration? Thoughts turn toward the divine, easy to understand. Speech turn toward the divine, again easy to understand. Uh, Emotions turn toward the divine, easy to understand. Ambition, turn it into service of the divine, towards excellence, towards progress. Still lower energies, desires, turn it toward the divine. I want to desire that which is beautiful, true. Turn it into a longing for something which is perfect, something which is beautiful, something which is true. Physical energies, turn it toward the divine by seva. So, when we turn these energies towards the divine, they grow more and more because it creates the right loop. When it turn it for lower purposes, it enters into a vortex. You know what is a vortex? Like bhavar. It ends up into the dark drain where it gets sucked by all kinds of forces. Excuse me, sir? Yes, please. Uh, uh can uh, using good fuel cure ailments? Absolutely. It is meant to be like that. For example, in a car, yes, yes. once we start using that low grade of fuel, then suddenly we use the good quality of fuel, then we start getting a knock in the car. So is it possible that if the fuel is changed, then the ailments will be healed as generally it Absolutely. happens when we divine yes that is the whole idea of spiritual healing of course one thing is there that a lot of other factors are there for instance the car itself because of misuse may not be able to receive that fuel normally the cars need to be tuned to a different fuel but even then that is the real principle of healing that if we can directly open to the good fuel the good energy the divine energy the highest Subtly it brings harmony into the system. Why? How does it heal? Because all illness is a disharmony and an imbalance. Outer expression of something else. For instance, uh, greed. Greed triggers a lot of diseases. It takes out of form and we know the biological processes. 
Fear triggers a lot of diseases. People during corona early stage died out of fear. Literally, the body made a hyperinflammatory response and they died. Whereas the divine energy brings peace and harmony. So it resets the entire balance. But it's not like a miracle, though it can work like that. But most often with faith, one has to wait and persist in changing and turning and calling and aspiring. Then yes, it can cure disease. It's, it's, it's one of the known effects. People have done it, tried it and it's wonderful. It's the best way to cure. Sometimes even when we take a little material thing for support, let's say a medication... Because the body is not fully open to the divine forces. But yet, even with that medication, this, these divine forces will facilitate the action. And the medicine itself can open a door in the body which may be blocked. Because one has not really taken care. But those who have taken care to develop the body consciousness, the cure will maybe like magical. This is a new science waiting around the corner. It's a... Cutting edge, frontiers of healing. <laughs> but standard uh, medical um, fraternity will not uh, easily accept these things because uh, what will happen to, you know, a lot of business industry and based on pharma- pharmacological interventions and, you know, injections, uh, you know, people will go bankrupt. So, you know. This is an area where people don't do research because it will empower the patient to heal himself. I say this openly. You see, during this entire corona epidemic, who gained the most? You just see the pictures and you'll know. So, and we are all trapped. It's a whole mind formation, a kind of energy. All over the world, this was circulating. Now they say that natural immunity was much better. It gave 27 times more immunity than the vaccine. Vaccine effects we end up now because now you have bought it and taken it all over the world. So yes, the healing by the divine grace, divine consciousness is the thing of the future. Was already practiced in the past. In between we had the greed of uh, human beings and... uh, the whole route has taken very differently. There was a time when medicines were used only to assist the healing process, which was all right. But then human greed entered, ambition entered. Today you see pharma companies, they call, um, doctors are invited for conferences, their tickets, their stay, everything is provided by the companies. Why? Obviously to make money. Doctors themselves, they graduate and do this to make money. So where is uh, honesty in research? And they, doctors are not at fault. They really believe that is this which is going to cure. While studying the details of the human body is one thing. But regulating it only with drugs is a very dangerous uh, trend because in times to come, if we follow that trend, fortunately we won't, we'll end up in a state where we are helpless automatons and machines which will stop responding to higher forces. It is a real danger. Thanks for pointing that out. And as a doctor, I can say it because, you know, it. Um, I'm not criticizing any other profession. So, as far as possible, use medicine in small dosage or whatever dosage is required because right now we are bombarded by all these suggestions, but rely on the divine grace. Sir, Anusha yes. wants to ask a question. Yes. Yes. Sir, please. as it is said by many people that uh, if we uh, trust on the divine, 
and uh, if we feel from inside that uh, we that, that we are not we are okay then it helps us is more in more thing to cure out it it takes it takes less time for us for recovery so sir what is so so why does this happen so why do people say this because they have experienced it it is a truth which they have experienced and why it happens the process is i explained is divine energy resets the balance see seen from one side what is illness illness is a disorder that's easy to understand disorder means a disharmony in the system so divine energy is the power that can build order and harmony that is one of the difference between the divine forces and the asuric forces divine forces will always create harmony even through a war they will end up building a higher harmony very rarely they will undertake that whereas the other forces are forces of division they will always create you know within the body quarrel dispute um, um, lack of peace restlessness confusion so they are the what is called in traditional literature as asuric forces but there are forces which create harmony and peace and because they create harmony and peace the body itself quickly restores its balance because ultimately body cures itself that is pure science no medicine cures it's purely scientific forget about everything else if the body doesn't do the processes that are necessary the drug doesn't cure the drug can facilitate the healing process and since the body is connected to different kinds of energies they have an impact upon it if we connect the body to the divine energy the divine energy will enter set the imbalance right within and then it will show us also outside it may or may not cure instantly that's uh, one thing because it cures from within outward i have myself had several uh, uh, instances of this and i think uh, though though your uh, um, anjali madam doesn't know this but uh, you remember that uh, we had that uh, talk uh, savitri sessions and i was coughing a lot you remember yes sir okay so that was the time when i was telling everybody that uh, this is a new virus it is not dengue it is not chikungunya my fever of course when we were communicating just two days before that or one day before my fever had gone to 107 and i was telling that this is not the normal virus they did the test all were negative and i was very clear this is a mutated virus that time the word coronavirus had not yes, come into the picture in you were there you saw it and i was sitting none of us knew actually outwardly but i had this clear i was i told about this to all my colleagues this is a new virus which has come from somewhere mutated virus i had just traveled a number of places and come and yet by the divine grace we had savitri yes, sessions yes. <laughs> and i recovered and just one day before i was you know they had put uh, buckets of water i didn't even know about it <laughs> and that was another story how people discovered and what happened and that was another story wonderful story one of the many stories of interventions of grace so that virus was of course a tremendous adverse force that was thrown i was traveling so i was exposed to all kinds of things and then i had this fever that time the retreat was there retreat means our yes. savitri study so how can savitri not be undertaken so so we don't go to the gita group to pandicherry 
Yes, and see everything went off ultimately. Just before the yeah. corona, most of our sessions yes. were mostly all were with Alok ji only. Entire Gita group yes. was gone, and we came to know uh, yes. I'm sick. So I said, now what will we do? And I was really wondering. Alok ji said, no, the show must go on. Please come to the nursing home. He was in the hospital, and we were going yeah. to the hospital in his room. And every day we were having the sessions as they were supposed to be held. And and basically, I had to go to nursing home because it's like a family. They said, "No, no, no, sir, you have to come here." That's when they discovered the fever was hundred <laughs> seven. I didn't know about it. The show went on every. Yeah, yeah. So that's what. That's how grace operates. That's what is the intervention of grace. So people who say this, they have seen it in their life. Okay, so there are plenty of evidences. This is just one of them. Plenty of them. So, Alok Ji, we don't take yes, your time. Yes, we'll have to. Because you had said that you would like so, to be deleted yeah. at 5. So, yeah, my apologies, but yeah. I, uh, so, you. just a vote of thanks. 